0: You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: The week is almost over on the JSE, so it's time for the weekly wrap. And populating the weekly wrap with me this week is Peter Armitage, who is the CEO and founder of the Anchor Group, the jse listed Anchor Group. And before we get into whatever's happened this week, which has been quite a lot, Peter, you've been listed for quite a while now. How difficult is it today to be an investment house as it was putting this rather clumsily as it was when you first listed because people keep on saying to me things are more difficult than we've ever known lindsay do you feel the same way yeah so it has been it's
0: dramatically different lindsay um so i think you know you would have to break the investment world into different classes um so offshore equities have been fine you know the clients have got great returns and people have been offshore being there the currency's weakened a bit um the local equity market has been a Yeah, it's been a complete disaster. It's the lowest compound returns I think we've ever had on record, if you look over about a four, four and a half year period. And the biggest thing is if you've got exposure to brokerage revenues, those have fallen off a cliff. Um, But on the other side of it, we've got a fixed income business, and we've brought in massive inflows this year, but we've seen 90 95% of it flow into fixed income or offshore equities. So there's components of the market, and there are places where there's some nice action. Uh, but certainly a huge amount of pressure in the domestic
1: equity space. Was it worth you listing on reflection?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd, our business is probably three or four times bigger than it would have been if we hadn't listed. So it's a, uh, you know, you have ups and downs when you list it, but the journey from listing to now has been a great one. You know, if you measure it from point to point.
1: Let's have a look back at the June year end and June half year results that have come out of the JSC Securities Exchange listed companies and they've been coming thick and fast over the last uh, couple of weeks. Retailers have really stood out for me. There's been some resources companies as well. But if we start with retailers, that really epitomizes the parlour state of the South African economy. And there's two questions I'm going to ask you now. Number one, is this an opportunity to start building a position or is this an opportunity to get out while there's still some positive in front of the share price
0: Lindsay, so i think the uh, basically if you look at the SA inc and and the retail segment of the market they've crashed um so from the highs the retail index is down about 35 percent and that includes some shares that haven't gone down that much you know so quite a few shares are down 50 60 percent remember something like shop rights, uh, peaked around 250 plus now down to 110 so you're sitting kind of post crash at very low valuations and, you know, when you've been in the market for a long time, every time you get to that situation, the you know, it always feels like there's no reason why they should go up and uh, they can just go sideways forever. So I think you do have timing risk and there, there might, you know, you need kind of a better macro picture for them to, as a whole, all pick up. Um, but you are buying companies at very cheap valuations. I think if you were to give me a three-year horizon, I'd be very happy to buy shares. Um And I think there's a lot of money to be made, but we're not rushing into things just yet. I think there's time to wait uh, until we see some positive economic signs, um, you know, and the right sort of macro moves by governments and politicians.
1: Yeah, it's quite a sweeping statement when you say we need a macro, a better macro picture, because that's that's the key to everything. I mean, it's the key to job creation. It's the, key, it's the key to foreign direct investment, because people are confident in the country. It's the key to the fortunes of the retailer, because if there's GDP growth, then jobs are created, and therefore people go and spend. But it just seems like a pipe dream at the moment, Peter. What do you think? I mean, do you have a look at macro? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the
0: um it's. It. it I, I. I think that you know, if you to put a silver, the sort of silver lining, is we we had an extremely low base. Um, you know, consumers haven't been spending money; they've actually been saving rather than borrowing more on an aggregate basis. Uh, fixed income has been very low, and we're actually seeing a few little green shoots coming through. You know, the last shop right numbers, the SA turnover was up nine percent. Um, some of the retail companies, funnily enough, although the results are pretty poor, have been a. You know, you're getting the odd one that's a little bit better than expectations. So the base is extremely low. And, and and I think the most important thing to us is confidence levels. So if confidence levels can change, then things can move quite quickly. So you've seen in a country like Brazil, where the GDP growth is still very low and the economy is in a lot of trouble, but they've made the right statements and taken the right move. And there you've seen foreign investors pile into that market. And some of their big companies are up sort of 30, 40, 50%. So, you know, that's, that's what. Uh, that's the reason why um, you know the guys should be making the right moves. But ultimately, you know, inflation's now down to the sort of four four and a half percent level. Uh, consumers, where they have a job, are getting you know pretty meaningful real wage increases. Mm-hmm. Um, but crucially, you need confidence levels to improve, and uh, the, the balance sheet of the country is in trouble. So that's what I'm saying. We you know we're not we're not rushing into that space, but I think we're looking at it very closely. Um, and if we're confident that the base has been formed, there, there, there will be some investment opportunities.
1: I'm glad you talk about confidence, because despite the fact that lots of smart-suited young chaps uh, new in the industry will say it's all to do with algorithmic trading and different types of uh, data analysis, it's still down to, to human beings. So you think that if, if something suddenly happens, I mean, this is I'm putting words into your mouth here, if suddenly something good happens in South Africa, they will be unleashed, not a tidal wave, but certainly a trickle which will become a flood of investment because it's been held back.
0: Yeah, foreign investors have largely been disinterested in the country. I think a nice term that I heard the other day, I got reminded of, is growth tourist. And I think that's kind of the way to view the foreign investment flow. Um, You know, they'll travel from country to country as they see growth coming through. And while our growth is unlikely to reach very attractive levels, we could certainly, you know, if we put some right, uh, right stimulus in place, you could see some reasonable growth for a time period off a very low
1: base. In that case, we look forward to the GDP, to the next GDP number, because apparently it's going to be quite good. Again, coming off a low base, though. Having a look at the results that have just come out over the last week, because this is supposed to be the, the weekly wrap, is there anything that disturbs you or anything that enthralled you?
0: Um, so I think an interesting one, I mean, it's a small company which we don't own, but Motors, yes. which is... Uh, which is the you know imperial split into two, and it's their car import and retail business. Um, you know, That price has been absolutely hammered. And why I'm mentioning the results is more about the share price reaction rather than uh, the results themselves. So everybody was expecting a bloodbath in earnings, but they actually came out fairly flat. Uh, not great results, but in these environments, you know, in this environment, a good result. And so a company with kind of flat earnings and the share price went up 11% on the day and up again the next day. Um, which is just an indication of the, uh, the fact that, you know, these, th- these unloved shares are sitting at valuations where there is big upside if they are, are able to return some numbers. And, you know, on that, on that note as well, something in the same industry, Supergroup, results came out where uh, earnings are up 13%. Um, you know, again, that's a company which is trading at about a 6.5 PE multiple. So um, these kind of unloved industrial shares, we are seeing that, you know, they have company-specific factors. And I think that's another theme throughout is a lot of the companies that are doing well or badly, we forget that the foreign operations make a big contribution. So we talk about SA being under pressure, but if you look at ShopRoute, the big the big hit was actually losses in the African operations, which are nothing to do with South Africa. So, uh, you know, just a reminder that there's company-specific stuff um, beyond just the macro.
1: Tell me about the anchor group. You obviously have to be very nimble. You obviously have to change your your business model and your strategy given prevailing conditions in South Africa and the rest of the world. Has it changed ever since you first tiptoed onto the JSC? And remind us when that was, by the way.
0: Yeah, so that was in uh, September 2014. Um, so I think when we started our business model and, you know, the part of the market which was very profitable, um, we were making a lot of money out of performance fees and brokerage and lots of trading by people of their shares. And it's, it's transitioned dramatically over the course of the last four or five years. Um, Whereas now, you know, probably 70% of our flows this year have gone into fixed income. Our offshore business has has changed dramatically. And the brokerage part of the business um, is a lot smaller than it was two years ago. So I think the business, you know, we've had to be proactively change the business mix as the conditions have changed. So, you know, we we will increase our assets very nicely this year. um, But we've been out there you know, you, there's there's different seasons and you've got to make sure that your business adapts to the different seasons that are out there.
1: You've spoken about four to five years since you listed. Do you think it will be a dramatically different anchor group in four to five years to come?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think we've reached a lot of maturity. The, You know, you, you institutional investors don't really look at your your business until you've been around and got a track record of four, five, six years, which we've got now and it's a, it's a track record we're proud of. Um and I think, you know, there's different parts of our business that are maturing quite nicely. There's, you know, we've we, got entrepreneurial. We started a few new ventures. And typically, it takes two or three years for a new business to come through. Um, yeah, and, and we've also got, you know, we're sitting with about 170 million rand cash in our balance sheet. So, a big part of where we are in four or five years is what we do with that.
1: Very good. Peter, thanks so much for letting me interrupt your lunch in Sandton City. That's Peter Armitage, who's the CEO and founder of the JSE-listed anchor group, That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za. Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.